However, this is not a fantasy-focused podcast. It's not. It is a cryptocurrency-focused podcast. I'm going to try to get us back in gear. So uh, tell us about this LeBron James. No, I'm just kidding. Substratum. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of the Crypto Basic Podcast. My name is Corinne Baruch, and I'm sitting here with my co-host, single co-host, Brent <laughs> Philbin. Yes, that is a pretty sad turn of events, especially for those of you who have been waiting a full two weeks for a flagship. And here we are in the same like vicinity of each other, not even in the same room. I'm in a hotel room. Kareem's at like his house because even though we're only like 20 miles away, it takes a full like hour to get between each other because we're in Miami area. (laughs) And of course, you are listening to our flagship Friday. Brent, did you know this flagship is going to come out Friday the 13th? Oh, really? Interesting. Yep. I know that because we're recording on the 12th and therefore tomorrow's the 13th. I considered that. Yep, you could use mathematics to deduce the calendar, Brent. But enough about my discoveries. Where is uh, Adam Ruthless, Olivia, our fearless co-host? So, all right, look. So, so there's some things going on. So, first of all, you noticed that we didn't do the flagship last week. And we did do the flagship last week. So, Kareem couldn't make it last week. So, we had Jason coming on the show, our editor. He literally asked. He's like, hey, can I come on the show? I've been wanting to do a podcast. And I'm like, fucking absolutely. Excited to have you on. And we had this good show where basically he gave his, like, I don't know anything about crypto response to the stories. And it was great. I was literally doing the podcast from my car. So I had, like, this uh, mobile mic set up on, like, a like a little, mo- little travel tripod sitting in between my legs while I was sitting in the passenger seat of the car trying to do this shit on my phone. Well, I could not get a stable phone connection, so it took forever. And then... I realized I had my recording device set to the wrong inputs. So I didn't record anything that I said. So we lost the entire episode. It was like an hour long episode that would have probably been edited down to like 40 minutes when we were done with it. And Jason talked about how he's been using Bitcoin, even though he knew nothing about it when he started on the show. It was super cool, but it's you gone. ruined it and it's gone. Yep. So we'll probably have Jason back on the show to have that exact same discussion again sometime soon, which leads me to this week. So we had to push this one back. I'm in Miami for important, super secretive business meetings, and I had to push the episode back later than we normally record. And Adam told us he had a date, so he could not be on the show for the recording unless we did it at a certain time. And then he didn't have the date. So we were sure we were going to be able to get him on and have this recording done. But apparently, once you had a date and then you don't have a date, you're very melancholy about it. So he didn't (laughs) want to be a Debbie Downer and come on and be a wet blanket on the show. What a guy. He's really helping us out. (laughs) And she sounds wonderful. (laughs) You missed that wherever you are. All right. Yeah. Ruthless is the man. Nice job. Ghost me. Ghosty More importantly, all right, so, so here's the situation. Our single co-host has remained single, and therefore we have to do this match doubles. 
Let's get to a rapid fire section. Brent, enough about all the mistakes you made last week and Adam's dating. Let's get into some cryptocurrency. Let's start with our rapid fire section. News, we're barely going to cover just the headlines, just the tip. Shoot. Just the, maybe we should just start calling this just the tip. Hmm. Under you know, consideration. We, we have rapid fire in, in our 101 episodes, which, you know, I don't really you know, do anymore. We're, we're going to. Trust me, those are on the table, guys. I've got a whole plan laid out for, for everything. We're going to have some fun on this show. Don't you worry. This show is going to be the greatest crypto podcast there ever was. But in the meantime, we are going to do the rapid fire or just the tip. Weigh in in the comments. Weigh in in the Discord and weigh in on Twitter. Let us know if you want the sexual innuendo or not. Hashtag basic bitches. Okay. Also, I, before I do this rapid fire, we oh, did Lord. release. I know. I mean, I, 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 is I'm it actually possible go, to get into any crypto? <laughs> we're going to go through the rapid fire quick. I just want to say, like, we released two episodes last week, which is a little bit more than we usually do. Two interviews back to back days. It just seems like it's been a long time. We did an interview with the founder of Crypto Canary, which is a super cool service where they, like, rate different cryptocurrency things it's like the yelp of cryptocurrency projects right and every project i looked up produced the expected rating like i looked up you know tron and it was like shitty and i looked up you know bitcoin and it was good litecoin and it was good and that kind of thing anyway that was cool and we had an interview with marius kramer who is the analyst that was part of the ember fund and he got a little bit controversial because he had an opinion on all of the top 300 cryptos and <laughs> nice. rapid fire went over those. So you can imagine most of his opinions were that coin sucks and a lot of people took offense and spoiler. He does not particularly like Bitcoin because he thinks it should have larger blocks, but also doesn't like Bitcoin cash. So check out that episode if you want to listen to that. Check out the interview with the founder of Crypto Canary, a service that I think we're going to be using in the future. And anyway, now I will actually get to the rapid fire because I want to drag this. We don't actually have a lot of content on this episode, so we have to make it sound like we're doing a great podcast here. So I figured I would just do that. Mission accomplished, Brent. All right. All right. Now let's get to that rapid fire. <laughs> All right. Listen. Okay. Russell... Okung, the left tackle for the Chargers, changed his Twitter handle to pay me in Bitcoin. This is Sandra Bullock's friend, yes? Is it? I, what, he has something to do with Sandra Bullock? <laughs> Wasn't he the, the person portrayed in the fictional movie The Blind Side? No, no, no. That's Michael Orr. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Okung is like a first-rounder. Jesus, Kareem, they're not all the same. <laughs> All oh. left tackles are the same. Continue. <laughs> he doesn't even have, I guess there's an O in his name. <laughs> it's a, anyway. <laughs> it's like Sandra Bullock's friend. Is, uh, okay, this doesn't make any sense. Uh, he, anyway, yeah, he changed his, his display name to pay me in Bitcoin. So I'm hoping to have some Antonio Brown level drama here and have a holdout until they actually lock his salary up in Bitcoin. And get him a lot more fiat in the future, huh? By the way, I have not been following football much lately, but the fact that Belichick somehow ended up with Antonio Brown is just... It seems like the NFL hasn't been changing much since I've been gone. (laughs) All right. So, okay, you mentioned this. It's a little bit of a trigger for me. This is even more ridiculous than you think. No, 
I can't get any more ridiculous after everything that was traded for him. I mean, it's it's a conspiracy. It's a conspiracy. So here's how it starts. Okay, so I know we have a lot of non-U.S. listeners who might not be up on this. It, uh, again, listeners, I'm sorry. I'm going to do the rapid-fire version in the middle of the rapid-fire of the Antonio Brown situation on this. All right, let's do it. Podcast, this is okay? fantasy football expert <laughs> Brian Philbin. Let, to be clear, this man's got thousands of dollars in thousands. fantasy winnings this month alone. So continue. Yes, that is true. <laughs> So, so Antonio Brown, like before he even shows up to camp, is complaining about his helmet because his helmet is 10 years old and the NFL Players Association will not let him wear the helmet that he wants to wear. So he shows up anyway with this helmet and the coach says, I told you, you have to have a different helmet. You got to, or not even the coach. I don't even think Gruden did this. I think it was the, um, the GM or something. They tell him he has to go home and he's like, this is bullshit. Fucking, he names off a couple of quarterbacks that don't have to change their helmets, but like theirs are only nine years old and he didn't know that. Or, and then one of them, they were actually old enough, and somebody sent him a picture from that quarterback's training camp. I think it might have been Drew Brees. I don't remember, but they sent him a picture and they're like, look, the guy you said doesn't have to do this had to do this. So the next day in practice, he shows up fine. A couple days later, he shows up again. This time, he has a conspicuously weird looking helmet. He, he took his old helmet from the Steelers and spray painted it silver and black. A shitty paint job, like spray paint job of this old helmet. And he's like, nah, man, this is the right helmet. <laughs> Shows up with it. And, and of course, he gets sent home again. And then he tweets out that he's not playing football until they let him wear his correct helmet because he can't see out of the sides for some reason on his new helmet. All of that happened before any of this other shit happened. So then he finally kind of like moseys on back and is like playing a little football. He does this weird shit where he records a phone call with John Gruden. Oh, wait. No, I'm sorry. That happens. Let me get the timeline correct. First, the reports are a little bit backwards. I haven't seen it on Hard Knocks, but he gets in a confrontation with the GM. Reports are pretty consistent that he made it look like he was going to punch him and some reports say that he called him a cracker so he all of this occurs he he goes home storms out of practice pretty standard so far i i haven't seen what the big deal is john gruden calls him the man with the least amount of balls in the entirety of all the nfl if anybody's ever listened to john gruden when he was an analyst all he did was tell you how much he liked every single player on the field uh, the third string running back would be up, and he's like, oh, I love this guy. He's, he's, <laughs> and, and he would have some shit to say about how much he loved him. He never didn't like a single player. Calls up Antonio Brown and is like, oh, Antonio, you're killing me here. We love you, man. We love you. We want you to be a part of this organization. guess apparently they don't really care if people are punching people or whatever. <laughs> and it seems a little bit squashed. But then that morning, he gets fined by the team for conduct that was detrimental and this fine apparently puts his guaranteed money in his contract in jeopardy in some way to where if he gets cut before the season starts he doesn't get his guaranteed money which is 30 million dollars and he's like fuck this bullshit fucking release me he posts on instagram release him so they fucking do and within three hours of being released from the Oakland Raiders, he is playing for Bill Belichick and the Patriots. And they got him for, they paid him some money up front, and then, like, they got him for basically nothing. Who is apparently a psycho, but one of the best receivers in the NFL. If not the best. And then, two days later, 
Somebody came out and accused him of rape, uh, a gymnast from LSU. And she said that it was multiple occasions. She released text messages of him saying he jerked off behind her back while she wasn't looking and like all this crazy shit. Like, read up on it. He might play one singular game for the Patriots before he's banned from the NFL. So you never know with these situations what to believe because, of course, his lawyer said she made it all up to grab money. She's released text messages, but they're not, like, hashing text messages, like screenshots. So, like, they could be faked. You never know. But in this case, as one of the Steelers players, when he was released last year, and I don't remember who this is, said... He's one of the greatest players he's ever played with, but he is the worst human being he knows, without a doubt. So, you know, if I'm picking sides here, yeah, I'm pretty sure Antonio Brown did some fucked up shit, including jerking off behind this girl and deserves whatever his punishment happens to be. But, of course, we'll see how that plays out. So that is the end. I knew there was more to it than you thought. Wow. (laughs) Okay, yes. I had not been staying afoot of this story. This sounds like a real... Marshawn Lynch story from back in the day or something along those Marshawn lines. Marshawn is a fucking dream compared to this guy right now. Really? Wow. Well, I don't know. I wouldn't say all that. But however, this is not a fantasy-focused podcast. It's not. It is a cryptocurrency-focused podcast. I'm going to try to get us back in gear. So uh, tell us about this LeBron J. No, I'm just kidding. Substratum. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. All right, guys. Substratum is... I know we've told you how shitty they are, but they're officially dead. They raised $13.8 million just a couple of years ago, and they laid off their lead developer because they're out of money. And their ICO wallets are completely drained and completely empty, and there's been all kinds of screenshots from problems in their Telegram. I reached out to the guy who was laid off, and I asked him if he'd like to come on the show, His response was that he thinks that if he comes on the show, I will edit it so that it fits my narrative. I told him I'm happy to release the show completely unedited, ums and everything, and I will only clean up the audio. And he said, well, then he will just say that I edited it. So, Or what's to stop him from saying that I edited it even if I didn't to control the narrative? And I'm like okay, like, I'm not worried about you doing that. I have, I'm happy with my journalistic integrity, and, (laughs) like, what fucking sense does that make? Like, you set a trap, told me what the trap was, and then, like, still executed the trap? Like, I don't know. So, anyway, I thought maybe somebody who had just been let go would have some interesting insight one way or the other, uh, and kind of get behind the scenes of how either a giant scam or a company run very poorly or... Maybe a company misunderstood is treated, but uh, he, of course, like every other scammy, shitty fucking piece of this that does shitty work, just did not want to come on the show. So not surprising. And I suspect that nobody will take me up on the offer of a professional but hostile interview anytime soon. So that's it. That, uh, that's the substratum thing. Um he, no, well, how uh, do we know you didn't edit that comment on the rapid? Oh, you're right. I might have edited sure. that. You know what? Somebody figure Audience out if I edited that. Know. You know, we need to figure out if Brent just edited that. No, you know what? I would. There is no way I would edit anything that happens on this podcast. Jason is the one with the agenda. <laughs> He's back there crafting the narrative from behind the scenes and <laughs> trying to turn everybody pro Greece. Yeah. Uh, oh. All right. Next story to keep us on track. 
is about Burger King. Of course, Burger King is the company made famous by, you know, taking on the Beyond Burger and including it in the Whopper. Newsflash, right? I was on a road trip and Paula and I stopped at a Burger King because we wanted to try the Beyond Burger or the Impossible Burger, whatever branding. I don't know. I'm sure it was delicious. Yeah, it was good. Indistinguishable almost. That is my verdict. Now continue. What about Burger King? You know what? I'm impressed that you took that angle to have a little activism there for the meat industry instead of a fat joke. Uh, I was expecting when you saw Burger King to be, hold on a second, Brent, the next story, and then there was going to be a fat joke there. No, 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 no. Severely disappointed me. No. Unbelievable. Okay, anyway, you can get Burger King in Germany with Bitcoin. Now, the article, of course, was written that you can, uh, that that Burger King accepts Bitcoin. That is not the case. Burger King is partnered with an app that you can pay with Bitcoin, and they will pick it up from Burger King and bring it to you. And speaking of fantasy football, you can also uh, join FanDuel with Bitcoin. So that was the, with via the same company, BitPay. So that's that. A little bullish or bullshit. I probably could have gone into that. The messaging giant Line wins a Japanese license for a crypto exchange. And that is a massive, massive messaging Line. app. We know that they've been poking their head into the crypto space for a while Interesting to see how that turns out because my girlfriend is Thai and her entire family, including her 70-year-old mom, are online 24-7. You know, it's so funny because obviously my family is Colombian and everybody is on WhatsApp. And one of the things I learned with Line is that Asians love stickers. Yes, the stickers. That's the thing. (laughs) Like, they'll pay for them and they'll have all kinds of like, that's all they commute, half of the... Her, her mom and her sister and her brother will like message me in stickers and I'll communicate back with them with stickers. We have whole conversations when neither one of them can speak English. So <laughs> Yeah, I guess stickers are a lot more valuable when you don't speak languages. <laughs> and finally, there is a new subreddit that you might want to check out, Kareem. Okay. If you click on that button there in the, our uh, Notion outline. Is this see- link in the show notes? Because I believe that this is... Not safe for work, Brent. Why are you oh, we trying- will mark this as NSFW. There is a new subreddit. It is called Girls Gone Bat. And it is a place for verified publishers with basic attention token to show their assets and get rewarded for doing so. The good news is you don't have to reward them to see them. You can just join and check them out. Right. So. How do you manage to sneak this kind of stuff in every every episode? This is why we don't let uh, Brent get in charge. I'm looking at this subreddit right now. 235 viewers. I mean, subscribers total. Our audience is many times that amount, Brent. You're giving Ma- this subreddit. It is many times, but it was only created like a week ago or not even that. Give it some time. Give it some time. And the picture in the top right, it's Girls Gone Bad. It's got the basic attention token triangle, the brave browser lion symbol. It's a, So it's triangle plus lion plus, and then it's just got a butt. So <laughs> anyway, I appreciate stuff. it. I uh, wanted to let everybody know that is so totally not safe for work. Don't go there unless you know you're not. Brent has an important announcement. Everybody, there are naked ladies online. 
All right. Yep. <laughs> and that'll good. lead us nicely into our sponsor, wildfoods.co. You can go to wildfoods. Girls Gone Wild Foods. <laughs> Girls Gone Wild. Oh, my God. How have we not? Listen, so I work with the content. I want a royalty. I, th- I think we just did it. I don't know how we're going to incorporate that, but it just blew my mind. So girl, Girls Gone Wild Foods, look for that sometime soon. Obviously, that will not be naked, but I bet you I can make something funny out of that now that that's crossed my mind. Anyway, Wild Foods is really cool, and they have some great foods, great single-ingredient products that are sourced from around the world, very painstakingly sourced. They've got local coffee. They've got local tea to Austin, Texas, and they've got everything from whey protein to Kareem, the plant-based protein that you would be so interested in. Tastes just like whey protein, except pumpkin spiced, mm. and, which is like, I can't think of anything you'd like more. Uh, whey and, protein. Uh, Sushi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anyway, so yes, head on over to wildfoods.co. Use the code CryptoBasic12 to get 12% off your order and uh, tell them Kareem sent you. And don't forget, if you send your Girls Gone Wild Foods picture, you'll get an extra 20% off hashtag Girls Gone Wild Foods. All right. (laughs) 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 Oh, man. We got to make that a thing. Hopefully, we have some female listeners that can help us out with that. Hashtag Girls Gone Wild Foods. Yes, all four of you. Get on this. Yes. (laughs) Just kidding. All right. All right. That's it for the ad. Kareem, can you please give us some real crypto content? <laughs> yes, I actually. am doing a good job All of right. stretching the fuck out of this I episode. am going to take the mic away from Brent in order to get us talking about some Bitcoin. Brent, we passed an important milestone in Bitcoin history. Oh, this, we did? This week? Yeah, actually, we did. We had our first ever recorded Bitcoin transaction worth over $1 billion. Dollars. Now, this is not some Dr. Evil joke. Somebody actually did a single Bitcoin transaction for 94,504 Bitcoin. We don't know who. We don't know Was why. Was Craig Wright paying? We don't know who videos? the parties involved. Well, maybe, maybe Craig Wright, if he has this many Bitcoin. I mean, I'm sure he does. But. Yeah, well, Satoshi has a lot more than that. <laughs> All right, that's true. He is Satoshi. Uh, so, interesting facts here. Brent, when this transaction happened, Bitcoin was at 10,600 and it was 94,000 Bitcoin. If you do the math, it was almost exactly a billion dollars at the time of the transaction. So it's interesting. So somebody was trying to prove that they could send a billion dollars. I think so. I think so. Is this the largest transaction in history based on Bitcoin? The answer is no. We've had a, a couple of bigger transactions in 2013. There was a transaction that was for 194,000 Bitcoin. So that's more than twice as many Bitcoin. But because Bitcoin was at a lower price, that transaction was only valued at about $150 million at the time. And the largest transaction in Bitcoin history in terms of Bitcoin happened in 2011, where somebody sent 550,000 Bitcoin. Okay, so that would be like, I don't know, $5 billion today. At the time, that was only $1.5 million. I hope the person who received that transaction kept it in their wallet, but I doubt it. <laughs> so, I mean, it's interesting. It's for sure interesting, and it's worth noting. I, this was an interesting question for me, bro. The total cost 
for moving that billion dollars, as far as the Bitcoin blockchain was concerned, was $690. That was the shit. cost paid to move that Bitcoin. So my question to you, Brent, is do you believe that this cost was less than the traditional banking system can offer this client? Now, as somebody who's never so. moved a billion dollars, I don't know the answer to this. I'll, I'll be honest. <laughs> I don't have the transaction fees. I know Bank of America doesn't charge me when I gave my mom like $100 or something. So, <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I've also never moved this kind of money, so I could be wrong, but I feel like it's very unlikely that it would cost that much money to move a billion dollars because isn't like isn't a wire transfer i mean i know wire transfers are expensive but it's like a hundred bucks or something i don't know i mean i guess it depends how you're moving it but if it's cross-border payment then maybe things are different because Mm -hmm. it has to go through all those other channels but i don't i have a hard time believing it that a transaction would cost $690 to make. And I have a hard time believing it would cost that much on Bitcoin. Why the fuck did it cost so much? So, dude, you know, when I saw that number, I was actually kind of torn because I didn't know what to think. Is that a big number or is that a small number? Like, on its face, $690 seems like a lot for a single transaction. On the other hand, a billion dollars seems like a shit ton for a single transaction. I mean, that's like... Again, it's hard to quantify how much a billion dollars actually is. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I don't know if if Bill Gates was trying to give Warren Buffett a billion dollars cash. What's the, like not cash, but you know what I mean? Like electronically traded or whatever from my account to your account. What is the lowest rate that a major bank would offer? I honestly have no clue. I mean, I don't either. But I also I don't understand why they needed to pro like okay maybe there's something i don't understand about the way a bitcoin transaction works maybe there were so many what do you call that the kind of like physical groupings of the coins it's uh oh, it's escaping me it's it it's like um anyway uh for some reason i can't think of this term we just edited out literally like three full minutes worth of me trying to figure this out <laughs> but there's a term that means like the groupings of the coins. So like if you send one Bitcoin, it might be like seven separate groups of the coins. And I cannot think of the name of that for the life of me, but maybe there's so many of those in this instance that it has to be this much. I don't know if a bigger block would have solved this. Would the Why isn't the Lightning? I guess the Lightning Network can't work on a transaction this big. So I don't know. This seems like not what I think of when I think of Bitcoin. I'm very surprised mm-hmm. at this massive number. This number might represent more Bitcoin than I have. So, whereas, whatever, I maybe maybe the they paid a sick fee. premium just to like move it up, or because you can be, bid your fee, right? Like, yes, may- you can. You can change what you want your fee to be. I just don't know. Anyway, whatever. That's that's a lot of money to pay to move your money, to but be- maybe it's a lot less than you actually need to pay to move a billion dollars. All right. Well, I'm done with that. I think it's time to play. Some bullish or bullshit, Kareem. Okie dokie. Bullish or bullshit. Binance was caught plagiarizing BitMEX's documentation on futures. Now, to be fair, this happened last week, but I wanted to talk about it anyway. Okay. Um, oof. You know. Remember, CZ is Chinese. That's right. That's right. And they have a different relationship with plagiarism. Yeah, it's just like significantly more culturally acceptable. Accepted, yeah. And then what is the exact claim that they plagiarized what, Derek? Binance caught plagiarizing BitMEX's documentation on futures. 
what does that even like their futures contracts? No, I know, they, but they're... I'm just I'm just trying to think about it, like what a futures contract sounds like. And it almost sounds like something that should be pretty standardized. Like it doesn't sound like code that you would well, want to no, not plagiarize. It's not the code. Uh, I guess I said that a little. I heard the title says it a little bit, but like the internal documents about how they're going to, uh, or what they, how they said they're going to govern the futures, basically. Um. Okay, I'm gonna call bullshit just to give Binance a little credit, but I could go either way on here. I'm kind of flipping a coin, so I won't take too much credit if I'm right. Honestly, I'm not sure which one the answer is. Oh. I mean, I am Okay, sure so now I will take credit things. for being right that it was a coin flip, because that's perfect. I flipped the coin and it landed on the edge. <laughs> <laughs> so, Binance did have plagiarized documentation that appeared to be taken from BitMEX. If you looked at BitMEX's stuff, you looked at Binance's stuff, it is a clear copy-paste. So in that sense, this is this is bullish. This title is correct. However, there's more to this story, as there usually is. There's more? Cheng Peng Chao used to work for OKCoin, and BitMEX used OKCoin documentation to create theirs. Now, they didn't copy-paste it, but it could be CZ's original work that they were referencing. The people that created OKCoin, or created uh, BitMEX, used to work under CZ at OKCoin. Also, Binance acquired a company called Jex, and that's who they set up their futures from. They didn't create futures from scratch. They acquired this Jex company, and they used their futures documentation to create theirs. They didn't notice that Jex literally copy-pasted the BitMEX information. So Jex definitely did plagiarize and then was acquired by Binance. So they did not do their due diligence on that part and and look to see if this company they just bought was plagiarizing things. Now, Kareem, if you were faced with this situation, you have two options. One, you can own up to it and say, oh, damn, okay, we didn't realize they did that. Or you can go on TV, lay down a map draw on it with a sharpie and circle something that kind of is related which of the two would you choose to do um well i would definitely have a press conference and say yeah i mean there's nothing a sharpie can't fix brent I, that's I mean, just my general approach in life i agree surprisingly cz chose to do the first of the two what and he immediately responded with shame on us crying face emoji Sorry about that. Missed this in the due diligence process before the acquisition. We didn't read the BitMEX documents ourselves. We will fix and remove it ASAP. (laughs) So, just like, that's literally the right way to handle this. Fucking Justin Sun, who knows how he would have handled this. We would have a new reality where, like... I don't know what the the hell is going on. Oh, I know exactly how someone... Oh! Oh, but you, I just want, because my vision is so much, I so great, oh, I just, I'm so excited, great, please, uh, uh, leaders, forgive my transgression. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, he handled it in the literal best way possible, I don't think he deserves a slap on the wrist for this one, especially because it's possible that he contributed to the original IP that was stolen, so, uh... No slap on the wrist for Binance in this case. I think even though the title is kind of technically true, if I'm voting on this one, I'm voting that the outcome is bullshit. 
I agree. Well, I mean, they did, but they handled it well, so that's fine. Yeah, well, you know, the company that they just bought did. I don't know. I like. I, well, yeah, you're right. Okay. I'm not going to shit all over that news outlet for saying that particular thing. We get a lot worse, but I, it was a close one, so I thought it'd be fun. Anyway, speaking of Sharpies, Kareem, tell us about what's going on with President Trump and interest rates. Yeah, this is uh, relevant to keep an eye out. And believe it or not, I think this might be one of the stories that most affects our space, even though we don't know how it's going to affect our space because monetary policy is so powerful. So if a lot of people, those of you who have been following, basically Trump got to assign the current head of the Federal Reserve, his name is Jerome Powell, as it has looked like the economy is beginning to slow down, Trump has been pushing for Jerome Powell to lower interest rates. That way he will increase the monetary supply and therefore increase economic activity. Now, keep in mind that this is exactly the type of behavior that Trump was campaigning against, right? Before he got into office, he was saying that the Fed was just inflating a big bubble, that the markets were a bubble, that it was all fake money. So he was, you know, <laughs> that's what he was saying before. Now he's in there. He's mad at Powell for basically not doing what the Fed did for previous administrations. But here's where it gets really interesting. Today, he cranked up the intensity a little bit, and he called for something that nobody in the U.S. has called for as far as presidents or people with this level of influence. So this is a recent Can I read tweet. the tweet? Yeah, go ahead. The Federal Reserve should get our interest rates down to zero or less, and we should then start to refinance our debt. Beautiful Interest debt. could be brought way down while at the same time substantially lengthening the term. We have the great currency, power, and balance sheet, dot, 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 dot. <laughs> All right. So, I guess he had to fill up like the rest of the characters there with like the seven dots. So note this. Trump says the Fed should bring the rates to zero or less. Or less. Now, what he's talking about here is negative <laughs> interest rates, which believe it or not, has already been making its way through the central banking world. We're already seeing it in Japan and in parts of Europe. But this is really kind of against the conservative fiscal policy idea. I mean, literally, like in reality, they make no sense, right? Negative interest rates, one of these things that makes sense more like on paper or apparently in some monetary theories, but why would you ever lend somebody money and be charged for that? I give you $100 <laughs> and in exchange, you give me $98 10 years from now or something along those lines. doesn't really make sense, but here's where it's important. Two reasons. Number one, it looks like Trump is panicking as as far as the economic slowdown because he has embraced the economic growth. And of course, we're going to go into a campaign season where he doesn't want to have the markets in that downturn. So he wants the Fed basically to keep pumping money into the economy so that that money, what, where has that money been going that the Fed's been pumping? Usually to assets like, uh, like the stock market. But the reason this is important is because in theory, again, this hasn't been proven yet, but in theory, Bitcoin should respond to this by rising because we're going to have essentially inflation on the dollar, an increase in the supply of dollars 
especially if we go rates to zero, that's going to increase the money supply because in the United States, money is created every time we borrow money, right? Whenever mm -hmm. money right. is created through debt. So if we lower interest rates, more people take on more debt to take advantage of the lower interest rates, more money is created through that process and the system is more leveraged, but there's more economic activity, right? So that's the idea. That's what he's praying for. In theory, gold and Bitcoin should do better under that standard. It's going to be important to keep an eye on. Now, normally... Even though the president does influence the Federal Reserve, because clearly he chooses who runs it, there's still supposed to be an air of transparency or that they're not working together. But you know how Trump does things like he's not going to slow down. You know what I mean? Like he, he hammered Jeff Sessions until he quit. He hammered like he's going to keep hammering Jerome Powell to lower interest rates, probably more aggressively than any president ever would. And it's not going to happen behind more the scenes. Than any president ever <laughs> would. in history. That's me. So watch this space. Monetary policy is very important. And for the time being, the most powerful person in the country is pushing the Fed to lower interest rates to zero or less. I was just having an interesting discussion that is a little bit related to this tonight. And I really think it's going to be it's tied in like. We need to be watching crypto in, in these times to see what occurs. It was a mixed crowd as far as conservative, liberal, progressive, or libertarian. And one of the things that they were interested in the fact that I had knowledge on cryptocurrency. Like they knew I had a cryptocurrency podcast. They wanted to have a quick discussion about it. And I said the thing that has me the most interested is to see what happens when we do have a recession because at some point we're going to. I don't know that we're going to have it right now, even though it does look like we have a lot of indicators like this or other indicators that have been showing that we are headed towards a recession. I will be really interested to see if there is a reverse correlation between Bitcoin and your standard assets or cryptocurrency and your standard assets. It'll be a really interesting thing to watch. If everything just goes down, then maybe it's not as interesting in the future. But if it is reverse correlation, it's going to be a very interesting, because I don't think we've ever had a directly inversely correlated asset during a recession. Like everything just goes down unless you're shorting. Mm, I don't know that I agree with that. So commodities tend to go up, right? Like something like gold. Does gold, gold go up in a recession? Well, again, because the question is not just a recession, but it's what are we talking about, right? So does the fact that there's economic slowdown mean that gold is going to increase in price? I don't know that that's necessarily the case. But when there is an increase in the monetary supply, there should be a corresponding increase in gold because gold, or in this case, Bitcoin or silver, can increase to match the supply of dollars. So let's put it to you this way. If there are $10 billion in the world and $1 billion worth of gold... And then you print another $10 billion so that the now total world supply is $20 billion, where there's a lot more dollars than there used to be. There's twice as many dollars as there used to be. So if there's still only that original amount of gold, then you would expect to need more dollars to get you the same amount of gold, right? So, you know, in this case, again, whether the stock market goes up or not, whether particular assets go up or not, if the United States is creating more and more and more and more dollars, or conversely, let's pick another country, right? If 
countries are printing money, but no, no more Bitcoins are being created or no more gold is being mined, then I think that we should see those commodity prices go up. Interesting. Okay. I just, <clears throat> while you were saying that, I was trying to look at the correlation. It does not look like it has a strong reverse correlation, but everyone also tends to believe that there is. So if everyone thinks there is, and of course it's going to have one, data doesn't necessarily back it up that I can find. But I'm only looking at a couple charts. Anyway. It definitely spiked at, uh, around 2008, like, or after 2008. Yes. Like, so big time. It reached its record. Huh? What, one of the things I just read said, when you look back and find the beginning of a recession, you often find a huge correlation between the negative recession part and the goal. But that uh, it doesn't stay that way. So, yeah, interesting. Yeah, I mean, that part makes sense, right? It'll Yeah, it'll be interesting to look at. I don't want to say I'm excited for a recession because, like, that can't be good for anybody. But you can't avoid it either. Like, it's going to happen. And in the U.S., our current administration has done things that definitely help recessions exist. But it's not in just indicative of us. I mean, the rest of the world is having its unrest and instability, I guess. And we'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, Kareem, I think we're done with that. Yeah. Okay. The Trump story, yeah, I just wanted to... Keep an eye on that. I think it's time to go crypto around the world. And we are going to your hometown, Iran. I knew you were going to say some racist shit. I knew it. You know what? I just punished the shit out of you for not making that fat joke earlier. And I didn't make the fat joke, yeah. Yeah. Shame on you. No, but here's the thing. You didn't make the fat joke. You did something even worse, which was say that it was okay to eat a meatless burger. That's against the ethos of wild foods, and it's against my ethos. Wait, Tell Wild me about- Foods is anti-meatless burger? No, 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 they're not. That- <laughs> so I was like, that is super shocking. Actually, so interestingly, like Colin definitely, he doesn't like the ingredients in the Beyond Meat stuff. He thinks that soy is particularly bad for you. Well, you so, should need a lot of soy. He's not wrong about that. Yeah, so that I don't want to say that they're against it in the like the philosophical sense, but they are certainly against the, the, the ingredients. Our plant-based protein is not soy-based. It is based on pumpkin seeds. Mm. Well, back to Iran, Brent. There was a recent survey. We've covered some of these surveys before where they cover different regions of the world, talk about crypto users, ask them, you know, hey, how did you get into crypto? That kind of stuff. So this survey was conducted by a firm called Gate Trends, and it surveyed 1,650 Iranian Bitcoin owners. And uh, they were found through different Persian Telegram groups. So it wasn't clarified whether they actually performed a survey online or contacted these people and verified identities. So take everything with a grain of salt. But here's the main concept. 25% of Bitcoin owners claimed that they were earning between $500 and $3,000 a month working directly with cryptocurrency. And more than a third... That 35% specifically said that they earned money by mining, with 58% of them saying that they earn money in cryptocurrency by trading. Specifically, one of the things that the survey found was that in Iran, there's been a shift from the global markets, like most of us participate in, to local markets because they suffer the problem that because of US sanctions, any exchange that uses KYC 
basically discriminates Iranians for being a part of that process. So does that mean that they don't participate? No, it means that people find a way, so they're developing their own internal markets. The survey also found that there's a high usage of VPNs, no surprise there, and that even Iranians, there's a strong market for fake IDs, like foreign IDs, to have some kind of identity that's not Iranian so you could pass KYC procedures. Now, if you think about it too, it makes sense because from their perspective, it's like, well, how come I can't buy cryptocurrency just because of my nationality, right? So mm-hmm. I'm sure it's one of those things where you're doing something illegal, but you feel pretty justified since you're not being given options. Yeah, I mean, yes. <laughs> it's, it's just like it's annoying to any time you have to think about like buying cryptocurrency as illegal i don't know Sorry. yeah yeah it's it's uh it's absurd anyway and then the last thing again not a surprise but the majority of respondents brent considered themselves long-term holders people who intended to hold on to their bitcoin for more than one year so can't say that this is uh, all conclusive or anything like that. Just one small survey, one little slice of the pie that gets us an idea and pretty consistent with what we see in most of the world, other than the turning towards internal markets. So, Again, these, I don't want to say a small country because Iran's not small, but like <laughs> the lower end of the economic spectrum countries are the ones where I think we need to watch this the most because they have the most incentive to find a better way and they're literally using they're using vpns and like skirting kyc in i and i don't know what the regime is like in iraq iran sorry iraq iran there's there's a k and an n it's very close sorry i you know what <laughs> i even i i know you're from iraq and not iran i don't know why i said this but oh my the, god i hate you the <laughs> the end result is i don't know what the consequences are for using a VPN. I don't know what the consequences are for any of this stuff, but if they're a reasonably oppressive regime, like I have the bias in my head, which I think they are, I don't know. They're taking an even bigger risk than your standard, you know, I might VPN to change what shows I can watch on Netflix, but I have no legitimate risk in that scenario. Well, but I don't know if that's always that amount of risk that you're thinking, right? Because a lot of times here, at least from this, it seems that they are circumventing external discriminatory restraints more so than oppressive restraints from Iran. Don't get me wrong. I believe that Iran is very likely an oppressive regime, especially because they're a heavily, heavily religious regime. And sorry if I offend anybody, but you can't really be a religious regime without being oppressive. It comes with the territory. Yeah, and Uh, that's not specific to... uh, No, it's not specific specific to Muslim. No, it's not. It's it's religion. Now, but here's here's the thing, though. You can use a VPN or you can try to get fake YC, not because the Iranian government is trying to oppress you, but because other governments won't do business with you because you exist in Iran because of U.S. foreign policy. So, for example, you yourself got banned on Coinbase because you happened to even log on when you were in Cuba. Why was that a problem? Well, because Cuba is under a particular political heading for the United States and you're a U.S. citizen. So it's basically what these people are dealing with, but almost on a daily basis, where they're being excluded from, let's say, SWIFT or any kind of KYC programs, or they have to use VPN to get into certain sites because the moment your IP address shows that you're getting in from Iran, you're immediately going to be boxed out. Yeah. First of all, I think that Derpy Derp is going to be super happy that you mentioned that I was banned from Coinbase rather <laughs> than me mentioning it. 
there it's it's literally been said in the last the two messages in the discord i know <laughs> i know i know and i it, it was brent playing dumb so that i would have to bring it up guys you know how he always hustles yeah you know, i'm i'm always, always third hustling. and fourth level thinking so brent i got a private mailbag uh that i wanted to take to you because i know that you're going to be able to help. This is one of our listeners. And then I also have a little rewarding story for you at the end. I'm going to dangle that carrot. You're going to like where this is going. However, before you get the carrot, you got to help out this listener. All right. So you remember Dave Coiny, right? One of our OGs. OG founding member. Yeah. So he hit me up uh, recently. He's a little worried about these changes coming to Binance. Specifically, you know, he's, he said he, you know, bought some crypto, but didn't really like take it off the exchange. Didn't like put it in the ledger. Didn't do all this stuff. And even though we told him to, and now he's freaking <laughs> out. He's like, what the hell, man? They're shutting down Binance US. Can't even take my money out or whatever. Really, he just wants to make sure he doesn't get screwed. Brent, what can he do? How should he handle the situation? What can he expect? First thing you want to do is not panic. Don't panic. Everything's fine. Second thing you might want to do is head over to our show notes. Click on the link where you can buy a Ledger Nano S where we get like six bucks. It's pretty sweet. Third, if you don't feel like buying a Ledger Nano S, you don't have to. Here's the thing. I had to look into this too before we got on the show. The answer is pretty simple, even though it was a lot harder to find than I think it should have been. Finance is stopping trading. And they, by the time this episode's out, I think they will have already stopped. They're stopping trading for U.S. They're stopping deposits for U.S. They are not stopping withdrawals. So whatever crypto you have on there, you can withdraw it to the wallet that it belongs to. And therefore, you can use all of that crypto because there isn't anything on Binance that doesn't have a functioning wallet outside of Binance. You just have to go get the wallet. It may not be supported by the Ledger Nano S or the Trezor or Cool Wallet or whatever is there, it may not be supported, in which case you would need to find a way to create your own secure wallet in another way. Or you can move it to another exchange since you're keeping on an exchange anyway, but I don't know that I trust any of the other exchanges other than Coinbase, and if it's on Coinbase, it probably works with a ledger. So that's the end result is... At some point, they're going to have Binance US open. I don't think it's going to be very long. And as long as the coin that you have is one of the coins they have on there, then I'm sure you can just transfer it over. Otherwise, get it. You know, again, you shouldn't be leaving a ton of exchanges anyways, any exchange. Nothing that if you didn't lose it overnight would bother you or nothing that would bother you if you lost it overnight. I think I hit way too many negatives in that sentence. But if you've got like 100 bucks on there, 60 bucks on there, 1,000 bucks if you're, you know, as rich as some of the people that we've spoken to, then just leave it. It'll be fine eventually. But the end result is you can withdraw it whenever you want. All right. And that's it. I'm sure that makes him feel better. Now, you ready for the big reveal? I'm ready. You ready? Is it food related? It's not food related. Oh. Mystery solved. Oh! We figured out who put basic bitches in your... uh... (laughs) In your mailbox? What happened? Dade Coiny is my mailman. The what? original, the only thing that I could think of, I was like, bro, the only thing that makes sense, unless Brent's lying to me, but it felt like you weren't, um, <laughs> really was 
that my mailman happened to listen to the show. What are the odds? <laughs> what? The, the, I don't that know, is but it amazing. is. It has been confirmed. He gave me enough evidence. I believe it. The sign is there. The smiley face is there. I did a handwriting analysis, which is you know the highest form of scientific research. It was confirmed. Uh, Mr. <laughs> Salt. Oh man, you. So I don't even know if you didn't, if you fully believed me until you found out about that. I did. I mean, I kind of did only because I'll be honest. I thought it was you only through a process of elimination of like plausibility. It wasn't even like I was like, oh, this must have been Brent, or I'm sure it was Brent, or he did. Like it was more. <laughs> it was more like I had a couple of options. There was like a 2% chance that you did it. There was a 0.01% chance that my mailman listened to the show. And then there was nothing else. I guess there was like a half a percent chance that I was already getting dementia in my 30s. So very happy. And the only thing on your mind is the basic bitches vote. Yeah. How sad would that be? Yeah. It's like my personality that I've been suppressing that actually wanted... Or if we posted that on Reddit, you could have had carbon monoxide poisoning. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I get the reference. That's, that, that is awesome. I am. I'm so glad. So did he like listen to that show and then figure it out? I mean, he waited until now to give me. I don't even know if he heard it because he was just. I feel like he was just kind of dropping this information. Um, I don't want to reveal everything that was said, but suffice it to say, that Easter egg was in fact quite the coinky dink. Man, that is how popular this podcast is, Kareem, that we were able to have a listener troll us from inside the mailbox. I feel like Kanye's mailman hasn't even trolled him, so that makes us a pretty big deal. Yeah, but Kanye doesn't even like fish sticks, so... Oh, no, he does. Yeah, that's true. No, well... He's just a gay fish. figures it out. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it for today. All right. Oh, man. It is one in the morning. Brent, that means we were recording. Wait, do you know what this means? We were recording Flagship Friday on Friday. Holy crap. Ladies and gentlemen, everybody here, we got him. One hour and two minutes. We thought this was going to be a 30-minute episode. Look what we did. Talked about Antonio Brown. Did all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I could see where this is going. So I'm going to go ahead and sign this off because if I give Brent the reins here, we're going to end up off track. So I want to thank you for listening. Uh, I know this one was a little bit all over the place. Just Brent and I putting a little flagship together last minute. Uh, ruthless. You're ruthless, brother. I hope your heart recovers. And yep. thank you so much for listening. Now, of course, remember, we are not financial advisors. We're just a couple of crypto junkies sharing the news. Danny, don't you worry about Binance, brother. Your funds are safe, so it appears. And if not, you can sue Brent. And lastly, Brent, anything you want to say to the listeners? Join us on Discord. Join the conversation, especially after Dade Coiny hears his name on this episode and realizes that there's another episode where we talked about him and we didn't even know it. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget to go wild for wild foods. <laughs> We'll